This is Xane Anderson. Welcome today to the Principal Podcast. Today I have with me Carolyn Mabubi. She is a distinguished life and leadership coach, and her area her area of expertise lies in transforming amateur mindsets into a professional outlook, which is really fascinating to me. How do we go from amateurs to pros in life, which is crucial? Carolyn, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure, Xane. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about this amateur versus pro mindset? So this idea came to me when I realized that so many of the people that I work with that come to coaching are coming with an amateur mindset about life. Meaning if you look at life as a game, then it's skills matter. It's not about, it's not all about personality but we make that mistake. We think that our personality is our skill set, but really your personality is a set of practices. Do we have defaults? Meaning like some of us are born a little bit calmer, some a little bit angrier, maybe. Yes. And what we make of that is a practice. And so many people do not um, get uh, training in in these skill sets when they're young and they go out into the world and whether they're 20, whether they're 18 or 25 or 35, they're still kind of trying to figure their way out through life. I realized I can make it easier for people by teaching them uh, and coaching them on those skill sets. As I started doing that, I realized, oh, the younger they are, the easier it is for me and the better it is for them because then they have a much longer runway of living with more ease and more uh, joy and more prosperity, really, if they're, if they want to go into business as well. So you're saying if you can, if you can coach someone who's maybe a six or eight, 10 or 11, instead of 14, 15, 16, 17, maybe there's a, a better chance of having the coaching take. Is that what I'm hearing? I do. However, I'm not going to come in and coach a six-year-old. It's not my thing, but I coach their parents. So I've learned that if I can have those conversations with the parents and be useful and helpful in uh, helping them have some insights, then they can coach their children to become stronger adults. Wonderful. And the fact that you have this coaching program for parents to help them be better parents. And as you say, go from an amateur to a pro. Can you tell us some of these things? I know you have about 50 or so of these things that that distinguish between what is an amateur and what's a pro. Can you tell us some of those? Or Sure, sure. So one that seems to resonate a lot with people is that amateurs you know, are always looking for hacks and shortcuts and pros really do the work. Okay. Pros take, go out of their way to take long cuts. And, you know, my generation and yours, we were really raised with hacks being like a thing to aspire to. Remember the four hour work week and the four hour body. And I adore Tim Ferriss, but like, I'm just not, um, slow down and take the long cuts, do the work. Now, of course, this takes us to the second thing, which is that amateurs are always speeding up and going faster. 
and pros know how to slow down. I don't mean slow down their achievements. I don't mean like sit on the couch and eat Cheetos and watch Netflix, although I do that too. Um, but to slow down your thinking in a moment where you are all rushed and going from one thing to another and you slow down, you know, in any given moment to be present for what is maybe a, the most invaluable teaching moment uh, for your child? Well, that's a good question. So for me personally, I have two things that I do. I try to, um, number one, get up early when the house is quiet and have those quiet moments where I can reflect, where I can study, where I can connect, where I can pray. Those are things that I do in the morning. But I also want to have um, a, a vision in my mind of what I want my life to be like when I'm 80, what I want my parent, what I want my children to say about me at my 80th birthday as a tribute. And if I can make my decisions based on that with the, with the end goal in mind. So instead of saying, do I really want them to say dad was always on his phone? <laughs> he was always there, but kind of not there. Do I always want him to say he was angry or he was impatient or he was, or he took the time to sit with me, even though he had a lot going on and talk to me. And so if I can, if I can envision in my mind what I would hope my children would say about me when I'm 80 years old and make my little tiny daily decisions align with that vision by beginning with the end in mind, um, it's easy to make the decisions. You know, it's, it's easy to say, okay, yeah, I need to put my phone down and listen to what my son's saying. I need to He just said something to me. Did I hear it? Maybe I need to key in. And sometimes I, I don't do very well, Carolyn. And sometimes I probably do pretty well. Um, so I guess we're all kind of on this journey of learning, but I like that idea of how can we slow down? Um, I think maybe what you're saying, I've heard a lot of people say, well, they hurried and climbed the ladder to success. And I think this is a Stephen Covey quote, and only to find out that their ladder was leaning on the wrong wall. In other yes. words... I climbed this ladder. I'm now rich and famous, but my family is in shambles. And that's not really what I really wanted. Yes. Right? And, and before we move on too fast, you really touched on another principle uh, of amateurs versus pros, which is amateurs think that life is short. So it's always like, oh, life is so short. Like, got to do this, got to do that. Like, pros know that life is freaking long. So yes, there are accidents and yes, there are tragedies, but for the most part, life is really long. And the fact that you're thinking about what you want to hear at your 80th birthday tells me you're a real pro. And if you share that with your children, it's like you infuse that principle into them of thinking long, of, of the importance of going far versus going fast. One of the main challenges when I work with young adults is they want to go fast and they inherited this belief of go big or go home. Guess what? Most of them went home because they didn't learn 
that you need to slow down to one step after another, after another, after another. That is how it is done. You remind me of something, you know, there's this principle called the law of the harvest, which is, I think you're saying, and in, in, in it may be a different way that I'm saying, but it's the same principle, which is, you know, if farmers plant their crops in the spring and they take it a day at a time, like you're saying, they weed, they water them, they take care of them, they make sure they have the right fertilizer, they do everything. In the fall, they have this big harvest. But some people say, I don't have to do all that work. I just want to cram for the harvest. Can you imagine someone saying, okay, I'm going to cram for the harvest and I'm not going to plant in April and I'm not going to weed. I'm not going to water. I'm not going to do it one step at a time. I'm just going to hope that if I plant the seeds and, and tell them to grow real fast, all of a sudden I'll have a big harvest of food. And the truth is, you know, I one time, I one time spoke to a group of farmers. I asked them, can you cheat the law of the harvest? <laughs> and they laughed at me. You can't cheat it. I mean, it's a slow, progressive process. And if you can say, I'm just going to take it a day and do what I can step by step, like I said, this slowing down, so important, Carolyn, so important. I'm so glad you're sharing this with, with parents to, to help them learn to teach our kids. I would call it the law of the harvest. I like how you, how you verbalize it as slowing down, getting clear. And, and realizing it's not go big or go home. It's, there's a certain process and let's take the long cut, as you say. Yeah. And, you know, I'm an ultra marathon athlete, right? So people say, how wow. do you run 50 kilometers? How do you run 50 miles? Not the way you see it on social media. And this is to your point about what is making us, making our children, not understand the law of the harvest is everything is speeded up on social media and you only see the outcome. So what do I post when I'm crossing the finish line? What do I not post? The 11 hours of struggling through the mountains, maybe of crying and whatever suffering I endured. Give me tingles as you say that, because that's what it is. There's suffering and, and, and endurance and tiredness. And as you said that, that's such a valuable message for us to learn. Keep going. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just had to let you know you gave me tingles as you said that. No worries. So how do we, how do we show the process? Amateurs are all about the outcome. Pros are all about the process. And we can teach our children to gain um, their sense of self, their sense of self-esteem, of, of confidence from, from the process, not so much the outcome. You know, and a lot has been written on this, but I think not enough to make us understand that we should not say to our children, you know, yay for winning, that we should say to our children, yay for how you showed up even if they won, even if they're number one. You shared a story about your daughter, you know, climbing 11,000 feet um, at five years old. And that process is what will stay with her. That process is what will transform her. Not the one moment on top of the mountain and the picture that you took and sh maybe showed to others. But unfortunately, social media has made it all about that one moment. 
Right. And really the good moment was the good moments were all along the way, the hours and hours it took for us to hike to the top of the mountain yes. where we were tired and it was, we had to maybe take a rest, but then keep going and talk about endurance. And those, those little moments we had were, were, were the real key moments for growth, right? Not just the top of the mountain piece. That's I love true. That. Share with us some more of these amateur versus pro. What makes the, tell us how, what you see as some things that are amateur versus pro. Um, so core life values, that's really important. I would say that, that amateurs don't know their core life values. One of the first things that I do with people when they start working with me is do an assessment, a values assessment, um, so that they can understand what really matters to them. What are, not what they say, okay, but what are the values that when it comes down to it, and it's a pretty intense exercise, so it, it gets you out of your um, pretending and performing values into what really matters uh, pros know what their values are. They know what their why is. They know why they're doing something and why they're not doing something. And we can help our children by getting very clear about our family values. Yes, they can go out into the world as adults and you know, create their own values if they want it to be different. But my experience 95% of the time, if we're very clear about the family values, they they will take those into the world with them and they will grow and cultivate those values. Um, of course, if the values are negative as well, like, you know, if they grow in an environment that's very materialistic and one of the greatest values is acquisition of things, of course, they take that into the world as well. Right. So basing it on principles, and as, as, as some of you, some of our viewers have heard me say before, you know, principles are real, whether you believe they are or not. Let me give you an example of the, the principle of gravity. I think we've talked about it before. You can, you, gravity's everywhere in the universe. It's here, it's where you're at, it's everywhere. And I can respect gravity and I can maybe come up with some techniques that align with gravity. Like I could build a ski resort. I could build a hydroelectric dam. I could make them, you know, I was in Vail, Colorado, not too long ago in Vail, Colorado, people go there to ski. And what's happened is they come so they can have this thrill being pulled down the mountain by gravity. So you could say that the people in Vail, Colorado who own ski resorts have aligned with gravity to make a money. Well, you could ignore gravity and you could fall off a cliff or you could align with gravity and build a hydroelectric dam. And make millions of dollars selling your electricity or a ski resort or roller coasters or all kinds of things. Gravity is real, whether you believe it is or not. The, the, right. the point here is if we can have values that align with what's really, really real and true. In other words, if I value something, I can value something that was not in alignment with principles. And it would be figuratively like falling off a cliff, right? Mm -hmm. Or I can value something that's in alignment with principles and figuratively, it would be like building a ski resort to take advantage of gravity. And so um, I love that you're saying, get clear on them. What are they? And how do you, how do you figure out whether your principles, your family principles are as 
as as true as gravity well i personally believe before we go there for just a second what i want to what i want to let you know is that principles are not the latest fad they're not the latest book. They're not the latest program. They're not the latest social media or something or other. Like gravity, they're ancient. They're timeless. They've been around a long time. So one, you and I talked about this a little bit, the law of the harvest. It's, an, it's a principle that works everywhere. It works for farmers who plant their, their, their crops. If a farmer plants their crops at the right time of the year, and then they take care of it, they water it, they weed it, they take care of it. In the fall, months later, they have a harvest. And they can have a great harvest if they take care of it. That's a principle, that law of the harvest, you can see it. It's true. It's real. Whether you believe it is or not. Now you can say, well, I don't value the law of the harvest. I value cramming. Yes. I value getting stuff done in the last second. And the truth is you can do that that you can have that value, but it doesn't align with the way the world really works, which is the law of the harvest, which as you said, amateurs try to speed everything up. They want to cram, they want to get the life hack. Whereas pros realize there's a process and they slow down. Mm -hmm. So we have to be brave enough to take a look at the world and say, well, what's really, really real. I, I think I mentioned this before. I've, I talked to a, a, some, some farmers and I asked, what is the, you know, can you cram for the law of the harvest? In other words, could you not plant your crops, take it easy all summer, not work, not, not fertilize the soil, not weed the, the farm. And then a week before all the other farmers harvest, you can say, oh my goodness, I didn't, I didn't plant. I'm going to cram and then plant your seeds and be like, grow, grow. Are they going to work? And, and the truth is that's not the way the world works. Now, social media, as you said, has tried to make people believe that you can just be an instant overnight success. And the truth is a lot of that, frankly, it's deceptive. It's a lie because it shows the instant of success, but it doesn't show the marathon that, you, as you understand, they had to run before they got there. The hours of pain, the training, the, the, the endurance, the tiredness, the things that people had to do. And so people think that people are an overnight success when in reality, they may have been working for a decade or two, and then they appear to be an overnight success, but you don't see that decade or two of hard work that went into it. And yeah. so as we look for things that are real, we need to be brave enough to say, okay. And there are these hints throughout like the farming thing. That's a hint, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think timeless things that are, exist in every religion, every culture, like the golden rule, okay? Mm -hmm. The golden rule, we ca I call it that. Um, but you can find it in other cultures by other names, Mm -hmm. And it's treating people like you want to be treated. Now, if I go and I act like a jerk to you and I say mean things and I'm rude and I'm negative, the truth is my ability to build a relationship with you, I'm ignoring it. It's just like gravity. I'm ignoring this timeless principle. Now, if I go and say, hey, Carolyn, and treat you the way that I would like to be treated, I'm aligning with gravity, so to speak. So there are people who, who value being a jerk. There are people who value being... Um, uh, not nice and want to manipulate and negotiate, kind of be a bully. In the long run, it doesn't work. If you want to have lasting success, you got to align with these timeless principles. Now, I think timeless principles like the golden rule, like honesty, mm -hmm. trustworthiness, love. I mean, 
you look at it, those timeless things, they're not the newest fad. They're not the latest program. They're timeless and they're ancient. And you'll see they're interwoven throughout all the cultures all over the world. It doesn't matter what religion or culture, these timeless principles, you can align with them and build a hydroelectric dam, or you can ignore them and figuratively fall off a cliff. Gravity's just there. You can either make a million bucks with it, or you can fall off a cliff and die. I hear you. So to answer the question, for you, a principle is a, 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 a truth that has stood the test of time. It's not it's about so generation. There is, you can look back and not just in religious ways, but in, in life, in life wisdom, people who have lived and passed down their, the truth, we see this thread. Right. Now I do happen to be religious, but but what I want to tell for, for anybody who's not religious, you can still see these principles, right? That's what I'm you, can, saying too. you can see these principles interwoven throughout, um, as you say, stand the test of time. Yes, absolutely. And, and just so you know, I could go and say, you know what? I don't believe in gravity. Can you imagine someone saying, I don't believe in gravity. It might work for you, but it doesn't really work for me. That same person could go to the edge of the cliff and say, I believe I can fly and jump off. And what happens? The principle still takes over. So here's the key. We can do anything we want in life, but we do not control the consequence. Principles control the consequences. And so if I can have values that align with what's really, really real, I'll be successful. If I have values that don't align with what's really real, I'm going to have problems. Yeah. And I know this conversation is taking a different turn, but I too am a person of faith, but when I created these principles and what I teach in my work is I try not to come from religion or, or faith or any of those things so that people understand that this is not about being a good human being or being moral or because your religion tells you. This is because this is how the world works. This is to your point about principle. This is how the world works. It's as neutral as gravity. It is not personal to you. Okay. You want to take shortcuts, you will pay the price. I was speaking to one of my kids. I can say this because none of my kids ever watch any of my podcasts or read any of my blogs. <laughs> you know, and 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 this particular child was saying um, something judgmental. And kind of being like feeling a little bit better than this other person that that was being talked about. I'm trying very hard not to say pronouns in case um, the child actually does listen. And I looked at this child and I said, be careful, be careful. You're putting something out into the world that will 100% come back to you. As your parent, because I don't want you to ever feel any pain, I wish you wouldn't do it, but it's just, it's not, a, it's not up to me. The judgment you're putting out into the world will return to you at some point with a judgment on you. So, you know, for me, it's been, it, it is the wisdom of the ages. It is, I do, I am informed by my faith and my connection to a higher force and 
I think all the time, how can I help people who may, that may not resonate with, you know, and they like run away from religion for whatever reason to understand these historical, ancient principles that just are what they are. That's what these, all of these um, amateur versus pro sound bites really are about. <laughs> I, I love that. You know, and one of the things you just said reminded me, you said, you know, they, if, if you're in a group of people who are gossiping, okay, and they've actually said, you know, they've found out why people gossip. Do you know why people gossip? One of the reasons they found is that people aren't feeling that great about themselves inside. And when they gossip, it gives them, it, it's, it's not a very healthy way to do it, but it gives them this kind of, um, this feeling of like, well, at least I'm not as bad as he is, or at least I'm not as bad yes. as she is. And so it's kind of gives them this like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm okay, kind of, because I'm really deep down feeling bad about myself, but I'm, at least I'm not that bad. And if you're in a group of people who gossip, and we know we talked about gravity, you could build a hydroelectric dam or fall off a cliff, golden rule, you can build figuratively a hydroelectric dam or fall off a cliff. If I'm in a group of people of gossiping and somebody said, let's just say that we're gossiping and I say something about one of your friends and I say, have you heard that she did this and she did that? And you look at me and you defend me to her. You say, you know what, X, you know what I'm saying? I know her and she may have been having a bad day, but she's a, I know all these wonderful things about it. Here's the thing that happens. I now know that you're the kind of person who would defend me if we had a falling out. I may not be able to verbalize that but you're actually building trust with me by defending the person that I'm trying to badmouth. So if you're in a group of people and you align with gravity or the golden rule and you say, you know what, and you're the one person who stands up and, and, and defends them, yeah. you're actually building trust with everyone in the group. And it's the difference between having gravity behind you working for you versus gravity making you fall off a cliff. Right? So aligning with the golden rule, which I believe is a real principle versus jumping in and just gossiping and saying something bad. Yeah, I, I agree. She's horrible or he's horrible. I, I will actually lose trust with the people who are gossiping. If I can be brave enough to stand up and say, you know what, that person's actually, they may have had a bad day, but they're a great person or, or saying something to defend them. Yeah. The people who are gossiping to me, actually, even if they don't know how they know it, and they may not even know it consciously yet, they they know that they can trust me, and I'm building that ability to have more influence in the world by by trusting. So I like what you said there. Having core life values that align with real things that work. You know, you've now used the word brave two or three times, and I want to double click on that to say that as parents, to take it back to parenting, or as parents, we are missing some courage, especially in these days. And because we're talking about values and principles, um, we have to take a stand. We have to, without constantly feeling like, oh my God, am I like being that person who's not inclusive and who's not diverse and who's not for everything? Because we, we are in a culture that asks us to be for everything. And if we are for everything, we are for nothing. That is the truth. And we are raising children in this environment. I feel it myself. It's hard for me even. I get a knot in my throat talking about it because I know it's an issue for me. Uh, 
I often am afraid, and I'm a pretty brave and courageous person, but I'm often afraid to take a stand for what I believe is right, which doesn't make it right universally. But if we don't do that, how can our children take a stand for their values? And if you take a stand and people don't like you, that's okay. I think, I think Winston Churchill said something like this. He said, you've taken a stand for something. You have enemies. That's good. It means you stood up for something for once in your life. <laughs> I don't know if it was that. I, I probably misquoted it. It was something along those lines. I uh, like what you said about bravery. Winston Churchill, though, wasn't living in the cancel culture. So our children are dealing with a different environment than mm-hmm. he was. And we need to be thoughtful about that. And, and, and think to ourselves, okay, this is the environment they're in. How do we raise children in a way where they have the emotional agility and the resilience to deal with this and to thrive, not just survive, but to thrive in this environment? It's a very special time. Maybe every generation thinks their time is very different, but our children's time does feel very different to me than the generations before. Thank you. One of the things I've noticed about you, Carolyn, even on this podcast is how well you focus. I feel like you're focusing very well. You know, you don't come across as rushed at all. Talk to us about this busy versus focused from an amateur pro standpoint. So, you know, we're the, we're the productivity porn generation. I don't know about you, but I was certainly raised to believe that you know, the more I do, the more worthy I am, the more I get done, the more, you know, at ease I should feel at night when I put my head on the pillow. And of course that could not, I have come to understand uh, that that couldn't be further from the truth. So we teach our children through what we model, not what we say. I think we all know that already. And if you're modeling this constant you know, going, going, going to the next thing. That's what our children learn to value, which is busyness. Being focused, however, is what real pros, real leaders, you know, the most highly effective and actually productive human beings know how to do. There's a great book on this um, by Cal Newport called Deep Work. And I always had a feeling like there was a way to do things better. He writes about it better than anyone, in my opinion, out there. So I have learned to become focused. I have learned to do deep work. And I've watched my actual productivity go through the roof. But there's no way around it other than turning everything off, and training yourself to be only in the moment that you're in. And sometimes this for me is 12 hours on the trails during a race. People say, do you listen to music? I can't even listen to music because I have to be, I have to be in my body. I have to be present, even if it's painful, especially if it's painful. Tell us a little bit more about that. This the lessons you've learned from doing. It sounds like ultra marathoning. Is that correct? Yes. So this is an extension of trail running. The sport is trail running, but if you choose to 
do races, many of the races are ultras, which is any distance above a marathon distance. And comparing that to regular running is really comparing apples and oranges because it, it's really about endurance. And um, even though when you do a race, there are cutoffs at each aid station. So if you're not going fast enough, you will get pulled. I've been pulled after eight hours, after 10 hours, and it shows as a DNF, it did not finish. Doesn't matter what you did before. Which I love, by the way, when it comes to parenting. I always hated the, the, the freaking, what was it called? Participation medals. I would be like, do not give my child a participation medal. Tell them great work, great work, great for participating. But like if everyone gets a medal, then what about the person that puts in the extra effort? <laughs> you know, so I'm okay with being pulled if I'm not meeting the criteria of the game. And I've learned everything I know about life on these trails and in these races, to be completely honest with you. Tell us some of those lessons. Can you tell us some of those? Yeah, yeah. No shortcuts. One step in front of the other. Be present now. How you feel in this moment is not an indication of how you're always going to feel. When you see somebody else that's suffering on the trail, slow down because the value of this sport is helping someone else. It's not getting to the finish because guess what? If you, if you are in this sport and you get to the finish line and you just walked by somebody that had a you know, a bloody knee or was sitting on the side of the trail because they couldn't go on, nobody's going to cheer you. No one's going to think you're a great person. They're all going to think you're an asshole because that's what this sport is about. It's about the journey. And if in the journey, you're going to be the kind of person that doesn't give a shit about everyone else, this is not the sport for you. There are other sports that are super competitive and it's all about like, getting to the end um gosh carry learn to carry everything you need on your back because that's what we do in this sport the first time I heard about someone running 50 miles or 100 miles I was like I was like what what is that like where do they go to sleep where do they go to the bathroom what do they eat <laughs> I was so confused I couldn't imagine that you can become the kind of person that can do all of that while moving. And we do. <laughs> that, I love that. Any other of these tips, the, I love these amateur versus pro tips for parents. Any okay. other of these amateur versus pro tips that you would say, please think about this as you parent. Amateurs have intentions. Pros make commitments. So, oh, you know, first of all, we model this. Oh, I'll be there. And we say yes to everything as parents. And we cannot come through for everything. So we don't come through and we think we apologize to our kids and we say, I'm sorry. So I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to understand that an intention is not a commitment. 
You know, when I wake up in the morning and I say, oh, I intend, you know, it'd be nice to go for a run today. That's an intention. But if I have something on my calendar and you're waiting for me, that's a commitment. So we need to know the difference and we need to teach our children the difference. Thanks for that. Carolyn, this has been absolutely wonderful to chat with you. Is there anything else you would want parents to know? And then I want to, after, first, let me ask you that. And then I want to, ask, then I want to let people know how they can get a hold of you. But is there anything else you'd want people, to, parents to know? Oh, I think that good enough parenting should be the goal for all of us. And I think this idea of being the perfect parent has led so many of us astray, either to become super intensive, helicopter, bulldozing parents, or live in this kind of like shame of not being a, you know, not having done enough and strive for good enough. There is no such thing as getting parenting right. Nobody ever has, nobody ever will, because it's a dynamic, constantly changing. You know, you have five kids. The, you thought you had parenting right with your first one, then the second came along and you were like, what? And then the third, and you were like, what? And I'm sure I didn't get parenting right with any of them, <laughs> just so you know, right? But that would be my message. You know, we can, we, we can strive always to get better, but good enough is, is good enough and it's great. That's wonderful. Carolyn, how can people get a hold of you? So the best way to get a hold of me is through social media or my website. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as Carolyn Mabubi Coach. And my website, which is just Carolyn Mabubi, if you go on it, every and if you sign up for my for my journal, every week you'll get a blog from me that's relevant to what we're talking about. So everything I've talked about. I put that out into the world on a weekly basis and it's free. And I love, love, love seeing that community grow because it's very intentional. I don't do any advertising or whatever. So if anyone comes into my community, I know that they really care and they want to be there and we have shared values. So I would love, I already know from talking to you that your community is, um, is my people. So, you know, I would welcome anyone joining. Wonderful. And we will put uh, a link in the show notes of how you can get a, a hold of Carolyn Mabubi. Carolyn, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate you very much. These tips are these amateur versus pro tips. Man, I've got tingles the number of times as you were talking about these really important truths, like slowing down and not being focused instead of too busy doing the work instead of trying to look for the hack or the shortcut. These, thank you for sharing these um, points with us today. My really pleasure. It's been wonderful to be in conversation with you. Thanks, Carolyn. Thank you, Exane. Take care.